Alrighty, welcome back to episode 10 of the Sports Booth Podcast. I am joined yet again virtually by my co-host Husey. How are you Husey? I'm well thanks mate, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, we've had a pretty big week of sport, which is good, um, but yes. some exciting news from next week. We will be back in the Sports Booth studios to shoot a live Yes a live podcast which will be good um, because it's always a bit better when it's done live you can see the actual reaction in their face and see the tears in their eyes after we talk about a Waratah's loss to the to the <laughs> to the red so yeah I mean um, I guess we will what's on the podcast today I will touch base with that we have uh, obviously Super Rugby round one Super Rugby happened Husey's Waratah's get a win finally which is, is great for him um, so Top we'll touch base table. on the Super Rugby <laughs> so we'll touch base on that NFL off-season's obviously started, um, just with a bit of chat around, obviously, the draft, some coach hirings, and, and somehow Tom Brady's still in the news. Um, and then NRL trials, we had our first week of trials. Now that they've been fully televised by KO, it makes it a bit more interesting. Um, so some, some good results for some of our teams um, in that. The EPL title race is back on, which is fantastic. Um, it was kind of a dead rubber for a while there. Man City were running away from it, so we'll touch base on that. Formula One's back and doing testing. We're in a lot of trial stages at the moment uh, with NRL and Formula One. And then finally, we're back again this week with Six Nations, so we'll touch on the Six Nations. But to kick us off, Super Rugby's back. It's the talk of our chats. We are rugby supporters, yes. um, so that'll be... The, the most chat that comes out of us will be about Rugby Union. Um, and so let's start with the first game of the round. I touched base, I did a cheeky wee recap on our YouTube yeah. channel, but the Waratahs versus the Fijian Druda, which we, we attended, Husey. We attended together. Um, we went to very Sports awesome. Week Live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, I mean, do you want to you start? Let's let's hear your opinion on your, on your Tars first. Look... For 65, 70 minutes, great. Liked what I was seeing. Areas of improvement needed, sure, but otherwise looked pretty, pretty solid. Then we swapped out the front row, and <laughs> as flashing back to last year, I don't know what it is with the replacement front row. There was just something that was just going wrong, or it was just a combination of two inexperienced uh, front rows going at it, but penalty after penalty out of the scrum and yeah look were we playing any other team I reckon we would have given them a shot back into that but it was lucky for the Tars they built up such a lead at that point that the Dura weren't able to uh, take advantage of it uh, yeah look I think minus Hooper and minus Will uh, Harrison I think the Waratahs look pretty solid I think they can only improve from here uh, I think the the back line is missing a little bit of strike power that uh, that would make them true contenders. Um, but look, it's, it's a win. It's already better than last year. Um, and it's going to make their games interesting. I think they're going to be one of those sides that is very uh, defensive because they played some excellent defense. The, the Fijian team uh, was on the goal line a few times and they were held out. Um, they did obviously get one try and off a neat little um, just tap and go. But uh, there were multiple times where the Fijian team looked very good with ball in hand in running the ball. They definitely looked like the more dangerous ball runners. However, they uh, made too many of their own mistakes, shot themselves in the foot too much, 
and the uh, Waratahs are able to capitalize on it. So I think the Waratahs game plan this year is going to be defense, playing uh, defensively and trying to force errors uh, from the opposition because they are missing that sort of elite, elite strike power um, that some of these other teams Definitely, have. and I, I, I touched base on that, and I said I, I wasn't impressed by the back line. I think, is it Isaiah Paris? I probably butchered his name, the centre. He yeah. was, I think he was fantastic. He's going to be your tackle-breaking machine kind of in the middle, which is good. Um, but, yeah, yeah like, like you said, there's not a lot of strike power out there when, when, when your halfback kind of looks like your, your best best attacking chance I was about to say, uh, yeah. uh, there, there's trouble there but I, I think you're right and I think the Darren Coleman the, the, the coach has, has gone about it the right way he said look we didn't just beat the Chicago Bills this was just the team playing their first ever game in this competition so I think they'll get they'll get tested this week obviously we're playing the Reds a big game I don't think a loss isn't isn't the, the worst thing in the world as long as they're competitive I think that's that, this is a step I want to see from them yeah. is can they stay in some of these games can they, can they potentially beat some of these teams and I think even after the Reds' performance last week, which they wouldn't have been 100% happy with, the Reds are still the strongest Australian team. So it's a good. It's been. I, I said it. I said it on the on our preview. It's a good time for the Waratahs to play the Fiji Indira because I think they they're going to build into this competition. They're going to take time. We don't know how how that performance actually ranks. Um, but to be fair, I think they ticked a lot of boxes that they didn't tick last year. So good start for your Tars. Um, I guess we'll go on to probably the, the the game of the round, which was the Crusaders and the Hurricanes. You could argue the Force and the Brumbies, but uh, just for the finish. But I think the actual game itself, if you watch that Crusaders and Hurricanes one back, was quite spectacular. Two really good attacking teams on fine form. Mike Haynes, unfortunately, dropping the ball just a couple of times, just falling short. Um, but a good game. I think there's... It's like I said, I, I think the Hurricanes are in a position now where they actually have a chance to... to to be one of those top teams still like a 10 point loss to the Crusaders you wouldn't be saying that bad especially when we had three tries that weren't actually allowed you know through two disallowed and one held up um, so I guess I'm, I'm happy enough with the performance I obviously would like to win um, but again with a tough tough go for us straight off the bat where we go straight into the Blues now um, which nobody really knows but um, yeah I think the Crusaders I don't know how and I've still Watching the game, watching the games back and going, how can no team defend a rolling mall except for the Crusaders? Like we had two rolling malls on their five meter line, both times stopped, just stopped in its tracks, and I'm like, teams must practice this, coaches must watch what they're doing, and no one can seem to replicate it. So I don't know, it's still Crusaders competition to lose as far as I'm concerned. The way they played, I was like, man, this team is unreal without even Richie Moanga there. So um, an interesting one there, I guess. Chiefs and Highlanders was actually the second game on the calendar. Chiefs looked, I think, far better. Highlanders were at the same stage where I think uh, the Duda were, where they just dropped too many balls um, and it was made for a bit of a messy game. So I think I said it, I think I had the Highlanders, I think, finishing six. Highlanders are the New Zealand team that are most likely to be beaten by an Australian team, I think, coming out of this week. Um, they have now the Crusaders, so it'll be really interesting to see how they back up after a tough week. I think they've made a couple of really good changes um, to their back line, uh, so I'll be interested in that. And then we saw the Reds get the job done against uh, the, the Rebels, which was in tough conditions. So I don't really take too much away from that game. I said, this is exactly what we are expecting. I think the Rebels were closer because it was shit conditions, and I think the Reds weren't as good because it was shit conditions. Um, and then the Brumbies in the force, which... 
the force just about stole it at the death <laughs> before the Brumbies yeah. actually did it. And this is what I said. I don't think the Brumbies are, either, are that strong this year. I don't, from what I saw. And uh, probably more of a worrying factor from an Australian point of view, and we'll get your... Noah Lolasiho wasn't as good as, as, as what we saw Harry Wilson was when he didn't get selected. He stood yeah. up and put his name up and went all Mr. Inspector or Mr. Inspector Gadget on it and, and reached out for that try. <laughs> and... No, I just saw. I was like, couple of, didn't finish his passes. Couple of just things. I mean, he had a brilliant touch to put a player on the outside. But but as a Wallaby supporter, again, I'm still like, there's still those question marks around him where I'd be picking James O'Connor or Quake Cooper. But your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I agree with you entirely. There, I think yeah, there's just it's just not good enough from Lolasio. Um I'm really glad you made the comparison with uh, Harry Wilson to show sort of how you should respond to not being selected. Go out and force them to say, next time, you've got to select me. Um, and Lola Sears has kind of come out a bit flat. Uh, yeah, it is it is worrying for Australia because O'Connor's another year older, Cooper's another year older. Where's that next generation coming through for Australia? Where, you know, who is supposed to be the the young buck that's you know learning behind the two experienced veterans is it going to be Harrison I don't know it's it's looking less and less like it's going to be Lollasia though so yeah that is worrying as as a Wallabies fan as a Waratahs fan it's, <laughs> you know it's it gives me some hope that the Waratahs can do something so let's so I'm just going to like choose to focus on the super rugby season <laughs> now and take the positive that I can away from it and then when it comes international time I'll start worrying a bit more there. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think you're fair enough on the point, and I think as a as a Hurricanes fan, I watched the Joshuaana versus Mitch Hunt battle, and I wasn't impressed by either of them that much. But I, I also, I'm giving all three of them the benefit of the doubt that you've had COVID. It's been a long break between between drinks. Yeah, I think he's still got. Obviously, it's a long season. He's got a chance to improve. I just from that performance, I thought if he was going to take put his stamp on authority, it was going to come out guns blazing against a four side that isn't as strong as that Brumby side, um, and he didn't quite do it for me. Saying that, the force looked fantastic. Force should have won that game. They dominated. Yeah. They made those Brumbies players make double the tackles and couldn't finish that game off. So I think there'll be some questions around the force kind of camp. How can we finish those game off? Because they should have. Um, but I think from from this week, I think there was a lot a lot of talking points but a lot of good talking points if you know what I mean there wasn't anything where I was like that was bad from the game of rugby it was it was a lot of good rugby um anything any any last points on super rugby before we move on from you Husey uh yeah being at the game <laughs> uh the Waratahs versus the Dura it was really cool to see the amount of Dura fans that were at the game showing up and uh walking you know to the game uh, seeing those fans out in force and the passion they had, I think it's really cool for rugby. So, yeah, but that's that's sort of my final thoughts on it. Um, you know, I can't wait to see Moana Pacifica get into things as well. So hopefully that COVID situation with them resolves itself sooner rather than later. Uh, their second game is um, delayed as well. So, you know, hopefully we can see them get into the action sooner rather than later. 100%. Uh, I can't wait till we can get a game in Fiji and see the Fiji Endura playing in front of their own fans. So that'll be fantastic. Yeah. Big week this week for Super Rugby. Um, obviously we touched on base Crusaders versus Highlanders Reds versus New South Wales are the, the two big games Brumbies are versus Nadura um, Hurricanes and Blues another big game and then it's Force and Rebels yeah. so uh, I guess like what you mean you had a quick 
quick cheeky chat before um, when we're making our picks. There's just it's no there's not as clear cut winners this time as there is in that first week where you could have as Husey did pick five out of five. But saying that we will move on because we don't want to give Husey too big of a head. It's NFL season, um, off season, sorry, should I say? Yes. Um, so a lot of chat coming out NFL draft. That's still a wee way away. So we're not going to get too deep into that until we actually have some more. Um, I guess information yeah. and see after the combine and stuff like that but coach hirings has been a big thing for our, a lot of teams doing coach hiring none bigger than your Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. Husey yeah it's it's very interesting and I'm very proud of my team at this instance because for listeners of the podcast you would have heard my uh, spiel about diversity in the NFL and the hiring practices and the uh, things like that and there's one team is someone uh, uh, was listening to a radio segment in America about this there was one team at the start of this coaching hiring cycle that had a black head coach uh, and now there's, there's still only three teams in the NFL now with a sorry there's four teams with a minority uh, head coach now accounting Mike McDaniel in that lot as well um, so of course the, the you know it, it makes sense that the staff that is going to throw Brian Flores a lifeline in the situation uh, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, the family that owns the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Rooney family, uh, extraordinary family if you look into them, but they're the ones that proposed and brought in the Rooney rule. They've served as U.S. ambassadors and things like that as well. Extraordinary people uh, were some of the first to um, include historically black uh, colleges and universities in their draft, and it's why the 1974 draft is unrivaled in the fact that the Steelers picked four future Hall of Famers in a single draft there. Um, so, of course, the Steelers were going to be the one, if any team, to throw them a lifeline. And I think, man, as a fan, I'm excited for what Flores can bring to our team as a linebacker's coach and senior defensive assistant. The, him and Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin combining uh, their defensive knowledge together is going to be fantastic because Brian Flores was a student of Bill Belichick. He's beaten Bill Belichick three times in a row. I think he's, he's uh, one of the only coaches with a positive uh, coaching record against Bill Belichick. He's steadily improved that Miami defense across his tenure there. We saw how creative they were able to get last year when they starting that eight-game win streak when they um, figured out how to beat the Ravens. And the Ravens are a divisional opponent of the Steelers. And if anyone's going to figure out how to shut down Cincinnati's high-powered offense, I would uh, trust to be Brian Flores in conjunction with those other Steelers head coaches. Um, so that's from like a fan of the team perspective, just purely gameplay. From a fan of the NFL perspective, uh, and and also just a fan of my team, I'm so proud that my team were the one that stuck their hands up and said, "Look, we'll we'll fight this battle with you. We're you know we're we're hiring you. We're giving you a job. That shows what we believe your abilities are. I mean, he deserves a position far above linebackers coach slash senior defense position. He should be a head coach. But look." It's, it's a net positive for the Steelers, both on and off the field. I don't think it's going to be a distraction. If anything, any kind of distraction, I think it would be a positive one. I think those players are going to fight hard for Brian Flores, are going to come out there against a- every other team in the league and basically say, you all shunned him, we've taken him in, we're going to fight extra hard for him. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm immensely proud of my Steelers. I'm immensely happy as well. I think... TJ Watt next year might just straight up murder a quarterback <laughs> with, with having all that defensive uh, greatness uh, coaching him up. So, yeah, look, 
it's making me even more excited for next year to see Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores on the same side. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a net win for everyone, probably bar the NFL in, in that standpoint. And again, obviously, if we take the NFL yeah. too much out of it, as the NFL is the corporation, not the NFL as in the actual sport. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Brian Flores is a great place to be in. He he's well protected there. It's not you know it's not like he's he's going to come under any scrutiny under there. Um, I think for the, the Steelers, it's a massive pickup, like you just said. Then those were some of the points. I think just as a culture, it's going to be a massive pickup. Uh, another head coach in the ranks to, to to be behind already a strong head coach. It's yeah, it's it's scary. It, it is scary, and I, I think it's a it's a great move by the Steelers. I think it's a great move by Flores. I mean, I don't think even the NFL will be that annoyed by it because at least you know he's got a job it's not like this is a Kaepernick situation where he's out and they've got to try and find him a way back in now it's a he's a, he's in a position yeah. where he can still coach for a year let's say the Steelers again do it have a good run especially on their defense and he's bringing something special with linebackers there's a head coaching job waiting for him um a couple of years down the line next year even so I think it's a it's a neat game for everyone there so that's 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 probably the biggest assistant coaching hire we'll, you'll hear about all off season um, yeah but Tom Brady still somehow still manages to make uh, the headlines with a potential yeah, potential a road road show movie or something like that uh, I mean I haven't looked too much into it I just saw it and I was like this is a, a Super Bowl road trip movie or something like that is coming out starring Tom Brady um, or he's directing or, or doing something with it um, which again th- would you expect anything else from Tom Brady himself he he, he knows how to to, to sell him his, his product and, 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 and market himself um, which is which is good um, we've got I haven't put it in the uh the uh, run sheet, but we've got obviously the crypto messages being sent out by Aaron Rodgers, um, which you know that's oh, going to yeah. be a storyline this whole off season. But did, sorry, you go, mate. Did yeah? Did you did you hear like the the cleanse he was on before he posted all those messages? He did like this twelve day cleanse where like he didn't eat and he had like oil enemas to lubricate his intestines and rectum and stuff <laughs> like that, and then induced vomiting and stuff just absolutely bonkers and yeah look Shailene Woodley is his his partner ex-partner who knows what they are now she's into some alternative practices I'll phrase it that way and get that shit away from me get that shit away from an NFL quarterback that does not sound healthy at all I mean you know who knows maybe it is maybe that's why he's uh, he's MVP caliber quarterback but man that is crazy crazy <laughs> stuff and yeah who knows if it means he's going to be leaving the Packers who knows if it means he's going to be retiring who knows if it's just Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers and having a troll on Instagram who the hell knows I'm not going to believe any rumours hearsay news even until I see it direct in plain black and white English that he's leaving he's retiring whatever the case is we've seen it all the time with Aaron Rodgers this is all big off-season history <laughs> am I going to host Jeopardy am I going to retire am I going to go to another team you know putting himself in the limelight no one gets their hair that long if they don't want to be in the limelight <laughs> so he's he's just playing himself up reminding everyone oh you know yeah Matt Stafford might have won the Super Bowl but I'm still Aaron Rodgers so yeah it is what it is have fun Rodgers 
Pittsburgh's a nice place. To <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll keep close tabs on on Rogers, but you can never believe too much into it. So yeah, that's that's the NFL yeah. for for this this podcast. But there'll be much more coming in soon um, as the off season starts to pick up. Um, let's go into the NRL where we had our first week of trials mm. now fully live on. Um, where previously it was very scarce to be able to find much out about the trial matches yeah. and stuff. I love it as an extra few weeks of uh, rugby league on our screens. First game was the Raiders versus the Roosters, um, uh, where the, I guess, more experienced Raiders put the less ex- experienced uh, Roosters to the sword, um, which is, I think, as much as you need to know from that match, it was uh, a kind of like a a B yeah. Roosters team playing against the A minus. I, I heard Luke Luke Keery somehow already picked up another injury. <laughs> like, yeah, far yeah. out. I, you need to just cryo freeze in between games. Or something. Hey, honestly, I reckon you play him for like four week stretches and give him a couple weeks off. Four week stretches, couple weeks off, just something yeah. like that. They, yeah, get him into bubble wrap as quickly as possible for finals time. As soon as you've qualified for finals, just because because the crazy thing is is he's is if he's on the field. The Roosters are a genuine threat. Like it's it's crazy, yeah. How good he is, and how little we've seen of him in these past couple of years to show how good he is. Um, is it always blows my mind. Like uh, he may not have the aura of a superstar, but when he's on that field, he yeah he manages to get the victory and uh, and lead that Roosters team. Then we had the Sea Eagles beating the West Tigers twenty eight four. Again. It's trials, so you can't take too much. But that was a strong Sea Eagles team um, putting what is a, is a weak, still weak West Tigers team to the sword. Then the Mighty Warriors said this will be our year and beat a, a, a decent decent um, Storm team. You know, Cam Munster in there, um, yep. Meany at the back, uh, Xavier Coates we saw, 30-18. Um, so a couple of standouts there. Rocco Berry, a former... Uh, rugby union player made a good switch to league on at left centre, um, so good for the Warriors. Rabbitohs and Cowboys, we can pretty quickly move over because that was a game of uh, uh, of babies. Really, they were young bucks getting their runarounds. Then a uh, uh, a great battle between the Gold Coast Titans and the Brisbane Broncos, twenty six all. Uh, I'll take it. I'm as a Titan supporter, not bothered at all by the the final score because we had taken all our star players off when we were up about sixteen to eight or something like that. So I'm I'm pretty happy with what I saw from my team on that field. I'm interested still. The the big question with the Broncos and everyone knows about the Broncos. The Broncos biggest one of the bigger teams in in the league circles is who's going to be playing number six. Is Kevy going to pick his son? Yeah. Is it going to be uh, Albert Kelly? Um, Tyson Gamble looked like shit in that trial um, uh, as I watched it um, just trying a bit too hard there he's a uh, I don't know if you've seen much of Tyson Gamble play but he's a Josh Reynolds 2.0 um, where yeah. he'll go hyper and if it, if, if it works and, and then he gets the momentum going it'll shit will get done like he'll he could win them some games but when it doesn't work it's it's backfire <laughs> um, station so yeah. yeah a little bit iffy there it's very rough yes Yes, it is. Um, so, I think then next on we had the Panthers absolutely demolish the Sharks, which was interesting. I'll be very interested to see. Yeah. That wasn't a scoreline I was expecting in this game with uh, no Clary, only a couple of um, first-team selections for the Panthers, but they did the Sharks over. Who Panthers have got depth. Yeah. And, and, and I expected the Sharks to have enough depth to 
maybe not match it but not get beaten that badly and then uh obviously the match of the round Hughesy. you've you've <laughs> your dragons beat the eels 26 22. <laughs> it's coming home it's coming home look i've just i've got a couple of thoughts in this game obviously uh number one taro fui Mayono showed why he's been replaced <laughs> he's got to be the worst lock i've ever seen play like He's so bad. I, he was already in mid-season form, getting <laughs> carded and now suspended for like seven weeks. So good for him showing up, you know, mid-season ready. Uh, God, I, yeah, just <laughs> awful. Uh, it's a net positive for the team that he's suspended. Um, so that shows you my feelings about him. However, uh, look, one of the big question marks coming into the season was who's going to be at fullback. Most people assumed it was going to be Tyrell Sloan, which it should be, I'll say that. But Anthony Griffin had thrown up some question marks about, oh, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a... It's like, you know, heading into the NFL offseason, you know, like a quarterback competition. We're having a bit of a fullback competition between uh, Cody Ramsey and uh, Tyrell Sloan. As soon as Tyrell Sloan slotted into that number one jersey, things just started to click a lot better for uh, the Dragons. I think he's going to have a pretty firm grasp on that. He's been named number one this week for the Charity Shield versus the Rabbitohs. I think Ramsey's better on the wing. I know he's said that he's more comfortable at fullback. Sure, Tyrell Sloan's just better than you, mate. Take a position, any position you can get on an NRL roster, take it. Learn to play wing, play it well, uh, and it'll be a net positive for the team. Look, I think there were some other uh, pieces that, that did well for the Dragons. Uh, uh, Tala Mone looks to have really he's trying to firm up that number six position uh opposite ben hunt um jane sullivan's the other contender for that but he was injured this week and he's going to be injured it looks like for the start of the season so he he might not be the starter but what's great is to have that depth of him in there behind him moses Embai looks like a solid utility player that can slot in for any injuries so what i like from the dragons this year which didn't have last year is that i saw a lot of the dragons starting lineup for last year playing in this trial match which is really good because it means they're going to be the backup players which is about the caliber of players that they are and there's nothing wrong with that i i, I can't stress it there's nothing wrong with that being a good bench player is absolutely vital to an nrl team it's good now that there's the depth to have them as bench players and to have solid caliber uh starters uh you know like a, a Jaden sewer coming in or a frankie molo um and uh, Tal Tal Moga, I yeah, yeah. might have messed up no, that name up, yeah. but yeah, a few a few goodbyes uh, in the in the offseason as well. So look, just a trial game. I don't want to overreact too much, but I saw from the little bits I saw from the starters that were on the field, I was happy with, especially with Sloan in the number one jersey. That's his position. That's his jersey. He should own it from here on out. And uh, yeah, I think yeah, I I can't I can't. Pretty can't happy. see a world where he's not your number one um, from his performance there. Yeah. Even if it's... Uh, I don't see it being his fault if it's not working, if you know what I mean, either. So I actually quite like the yeah. idea, and I know as as the... I don't know, is it Fijian or Papua New Guinean? The Ruben guy um, who played on the wing. Oh, yeah, I yeah. liked his style as well, and I thought... When I first saw him, I thought it was yeah. Ravala. I was like, what the hell's going on here? I imagine you get those two on yeah. the wings. That could be a dangerous pair as well. And again, like you said, I don't... Cody Ramsey's great depth to have, and I'd keep pushing him 
into a fullback wing spot, so you've always got someone there if a Sloan does go down injured or anything like that. But I think yeah. I was like, man, you get two of those big boppers on the wing that can actually do some damage um, with a, a slick running Sloan out the back. I was like, maybe, maybe yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Rubin, Rubin that's the one. Yeah, I, he scored a nice yeah. try. I think it was the game winner in the end. Um, yeah. yeah. So I was yeah. like, you know what? If they those CGNs slash Papuanians, they have some brain fades on defense, but on attack, they they do damage. And I think um, that could that could be an interesting little storyline there if you have him and um, Michaela on on one wing and him on the other. I think. And we've also got a couple of uh, juniors, the Fenai twins, who are wingers. And then about well, there, so yeah, definitely. The Dragons, Dragons to the Panthers are comparable. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm saying <laughs> Dragons are the Panthers. I'm saying they're comparable in that they've both got very good junior system where they can get that depth from. And I think it's been criminal, really, the last few years how little that depth has been utilised over um, average tier bars. Yep. So I, I, I'm happy, happy that we start that. I think Hook Griffin took a year to sort of assess what his junior's depth was. And remember, he used to coach the Panthers as well, so he knows how to utilize that junior system. And the Broncos as well. He's used to having a good junior system, and he's had success with those teams. He's played final footies with those teams and has been ousted with circumstances outside of his control. He got replaced by Ivan Cleary and Wayne Bennett. <laughs> not bad names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, so it's not it's not all on him. He had winning records as well. So, look, I, I, I think uh, Hook's taken a year to assess what he's got in his junior system to see how those players have gone and he's blooded some of them last year he's blotting some of them in these trials um and i think he's made some good buys in the off season uh and yeah it's an exciting year for dragons fans um there's a lot of people brandy alexander amongst them, <laughs> the dragons yeah. this year and uh, i i think they would and management clearly believes that as well because they've extended hook for another year so he was on a two-year contract. He's now had it pushed out an extra year, so he doesn't have that sort of Damocles hanging over him all this year. Yeah, and I mean, we'll do a full rundown and predictions of where we think what's going to happen left, right, and centre of, of league, and that'll come out soon, probably a week or so before the uh, comp kicks off. Uh, the last game of the first round of trials was then two bottom eight teams, Knights and the Bulldogs, playing the 16 all draw, who no one really cares about. So we'll move on from that pretty swiftly. Um <laughs> On uh, wait, I do want to say one thing in, in that though, the hit that Kalen Ponga took from like the backup wing <laughs> of the Bulldogs. Yeah, oh, was man. Now that I, I think I read it in my one liner, and I was like, sloppy game, but at times brutal defense. Like there was a couple of yeah. those games where it just I was like, oh, that would have hurt. Yeah. So yeah, Tavita Pangai Jr. as well looks like a hey. menace. Like he looks like he's packed on some more kilos, but is more athletic. He was kicking the ball. I think he nearly chipped one in for a try, uh, to set up a try. Like he looks like he is getting ready. He looks like he's playing angry. He's won a championship with the Panthers last year, so he's got his premiership ring. Now he's looking like he's coming out to just prove, prove he can play. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. need to worry about getting a ring. I'm just here to fuck shit up. Definitely. So, yeah. Bulldogs, look out. Dark horse, definitely dark horse. Yeah. You, you never know where they can go. It'll depend on. Um on a couple of things but they are a dark horse alright moving on from the NRL the EPL title race is back on it was it was it was yes. asleep for a while Man City were running away with it no one thought there was anyone any chance that anyone would catch them all of a sudden Liverpool wake up Saturday they beat Norwich 3-1 City then play Spurs at home Spurs lost three games straight not looking the greatest 
managed to beat City with a late goal from Harry Kane, 3-2. Now they've got a six-point lead, um, City, over Liverpool. Liverpool had a game this morning against Leeds, who are at the bottom. Liverpool put six past them, won 6-0, and are now three points behind City. They play on April 11th, so still a wee bit away, um, which will be a huge game because I imagine they're just going to win yes. from here. Um, it would take some shocks to, to see some losses. Currently, Liverpool are up by, I think, three in goal difference. I think it's 47 to 50. Um, so, I mean, if it does come down to that, it could be very interesting. But So close, they're up by four. Up by four. There you go, so... Um, it'll be it'll be a hell of a rest of the season, I think. Uh, obviously, Champions League still happening, so there's lots of games in between midday stuff like that, uh, midweek. Sorry, um, but I think now that it's only three points, everyone had seen that it was twelve points, and I think it was twelve points, and Liverpool had two games in hand, and everyone was kind of ah, oh, still twelve points, even if they won those two. Six. Now that it's three points, it's one game, and they've still got to play each other. Whew. We've we've got a we've got a good end to the season, which is fantastic to see. Yeah, and it, look, there's, there's, both teams could drop or draw games along the way. Uh, you know, looking at the table, Man United uh, uh, is still up there in the top four. They both still have to play uh, Man U. Um, doesn't look like they play Chelsea again for the rest of the season, who will be sort of the other uh, big threat. West Ham and Arsenal as well have got potential to cause an upset. Unlikely. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that 11th of April match will be the the one that really determines the determines the season there. Definitely. So, uh, I, I I'm not I don't really follow the EPL that much. Uh, I sort of an unofficial Liverpool supporter <laughs> just because a lot of my friends support them, so I get all the Liverpool stuff on my feed. Um, and you can't not like most of them, <laughs> really. So yes. yeah, and Jurgen Klopp seems like a good dude. He's got the whitest teeth I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, look, it's a. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm sort of unofficially hoping Liverpool do uh, pull it off. I think it would be a great story if they did. And, uh, yeah, it just makes for an interesting end of the season. Um, and the UEFA's champion, UEFA Champions League as well should be exciting to watch too. Yes, 100%. Both teams still in that. So, yes, that'll be an interesting end to the season. Um, but we will jump on to Formula One has started its testing. Now, That what does that mean? Not a lot. Um, they're new completely new cars um so it's a completely new era so it's going to be very dependent on what teams have gone with what and what designs how much in formula one it's very much how much can you bend the rules without breaking them um so teams will be looking to do that uh mclaren with lando norris finished atop of the leaderboard in the first testing above the ferraris um but you can't take much away from that just purely because of Teams at different points, they're doing testing on different things at different times, this and that. Um, many a laps were had. The big news out of Formula One that happened about a week ago was Michael Massey was stood down. Um, the Australian who was in charge of the F1 directory um, and of the interesting, I guess, end to the season last year where um, there was a few movements, they've decided to still stand him down from a Formula One perspective, which I guess. I, I don't know, it's it's hard because they've done, they did a full investigation, they did all of this, I'm sure they could have said, yeah, it could have been done this way, but if they hadn't had let Max Verstappen through, 
do we think we would have come to the same outcome where he was probably still stood down? That's what I'm interested in as well. Like, was he in a lose-lose position? I, I feel like he was in a position where it was either way he was going to... You know, no, if someone has to lose, yeah. so he he's he's the deciding factor in it. Yeah. It's he's he's got the headache. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see who takes over, what that looks like. If, if I was hiring anyone, I'd hire a New Zealander because we're better than the Aussies. But um, no, um, well, well. <laughs> but yes, uh, that's that's much as much as we kind of got from Formula One. Not a lot of news there. Just that, um, yeah. Lots of new liveries out, which are looking very, very good. Um, but other than that, we'll move on to the Six Nations. So this week's a, a massive week, I think, for the Six Nations. Um, Scotland versus France is the big one. If Scotland at home against France, France undefeated so far, it's tough to see, I guess, France losing at this stage. Like, the way they've played in their first two games has been very good, very professional. I think... I pick Scotland to win this purely because I want this to be the most interesting Six Nations we can possibly watch. I think Scotland have a good chance. They have been competitive in all their games, or they beat England. They just lost to Wales. I think they're going to come back with a bit of a vengeance, say, we're not done in this competition, and upset France. They must, I think, to kind of keep everyone else in the, with a chance of doing it because I think in the end, even if France win this game, France probably beat Wales, and then even if they lose to England... I think we'll probably finish on top of the table um, if the Irish manage to beat the English, so on and so forth, as if we run through the projections that could possibly happen. Yeah. England versus Wales is the next game up. England at home will take care of Wales, uh, a bruised and bad Wales team. Had yeah. two weeks to, to recover, but unfortunately I don't think they're strong enough. Saying that, you can't count them out. They Wales beat Scotland, Scotland beat England. You know, you go around in circles, everyone's beating everyone in, in any sport. So... An opportunity for your Welsh to, to get a win. Scotland, Wales, and Ireland always play harder against him. I mean, look, all the teams in the competition, bar Italy, always play harder. <laughs> everyone, everyone wants to stick it to England. Even the Italians will probably play harder against the English. Doesn't mean that they play any better, though. Unfortunately, yeah, it won't won't, won't <laughs> matter though. Like they might play a little. Bit It'll only be thirty. <laughs> No, it was, was it? It was only 33 nil instead of yep. 50 <laughs> Yes, and then the last game. One <laughs> Ireland versus Italy, where obviously Ireland will win that. Um, but I guess the, the, the thing, and there's been a lot of talk about South Africa moving to the Six Nations. South Africa have got, I think, a clause to get out of the rugby championship at the end of 2025, can get out of it, then yeah. thing finishes. Um what they're going to do. Six Nations have come out and said that's not going to happen. I call bollocks. And when you turn around and see that there's an opportunity to happen, they may make it happen. I yeah. don't see why they wouldn't make it happen. Like for the Six Nations, I think it'd be great. Even if you made it Seven Nations, I don't know how it would work. Or if you made it Six Nations and said, Italy, you move down and then to that, that next division. Um, I don't know. But I can't see it not being thought of more deeper when it gets around to 2025. Um, because... It's the same time zone. Like... It just it just yes. makes sense. Like it's in the same. It's better for both competitions. Definitely, and I think right, the, the the issue I think, and I, I see what they're saying. Italy's under twenties just beat England under twenties a couple of weeks ago, six nil, which you know is unheard of when you think about rugby. Like we just had a good laugh there. Now, obviously, under twenties doesn't mean anything until they all make the, the the step up, and if they all make the step up at that level, but they're yeah. they're seeing improvement at those younger levels for Italy. So I think they want to grow Italy to a point where they are contenders, and then one day yeah. may actually be able to win this. So I think we'll see how that goes until 2025. 
um, but I, I, I think once once that once that starts to happen, we'll start to see some and hear some more things from there. Yeah, make it seven nations. Make it seven nations. Make it seven, no, nothing wrong with making it seven nations. Every every week, someone gets a gets a, a rest week. That's great. That's good. I'm sure the players definitely you know get a week off, get a chance to watch your. And opponents. I mean, they just they just took a week's break, all of them. And so I'm like, why? Well, if you just took it, you know, you could do this over seven weeks. So it can't be. You can't say it's a scheduling conflict because you've just extended yep. this I think yeah 100% I think once it gets there there'll be more talks about it yeah excellent ah oh, well look at that that's all from our run sheet today I don't think there's much else obviously yep. a lot happening in the world at the moment as Russia's just decided to yep. invade Ukraine but I don't know what that's yeah. going to have on the sporting world not much maybe a couple of Champions League games may be forced elsewhere but uh, other than that not a lot uh, COVID bubble may end soon for Super Rugby which is good they're thinking of ending that soon as New Zealand cases just hit I think it was 6,000 plus today um, so yeah so wow. that's uh, doubled from yesterday so it's mm. new in the world I guess and so I think that'll push slowly to get them out of the bubble and just playing at their home stadiums but I think yeah the mm. difference I don't know if you mentioned it or, or, or someone mentioned it on TV or, or I read an article. The difference in the stadiums where you've got a packed, you know, New South Wales one, even if it wasn't packed, a, a, a stadium full of yeah. people, quarter full of people, uh, is better than no one. The, the atmosphere is just just different. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. it was, it was. Absolutely. You could tell like it was weird watching the Hurricanes and Crusaders play one of the more exciting games of rugby you'll probably see this year and have no one be able to cheer it on and just hear them screaming yes oh yeah I, I watched a bit of the Chiefs and Highlanders game and like yeah I mean it's like it's like watching us play <laughs> like, obviously at a much higher level but like, oh whoa, 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 whoa. we get bigger crowds for <laughs> Knox Old Boys yeah I play at that level don't worry about that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no yeah I mean it was it was straight as great as that backdrop is and as cool as it, as it is like to see a game like that played there you know one off it would have been cool but the fact that yeah, there's another round of this happening it is a bit but yeah. sad but hopefully stadiums will be back fo- soon full and if that if not they'll all the New Zealand teams will be playing over yep. here soon anyway alrighty anything else on your mind in the sporting world Husey? Uh not in the sporting world as you mentioned <laughs> world events are occurring but uh it's not within the purpose <laughs> of this podcast but uh, yep. yeah wishing everyone a, a safe next hell of a lot yeah we should be back again Monday so it'll be a quick turnaround um, live in person doing a podcast but for now thank you for joining us for episode 10 and goodbye peace